0: Love Top Radio. Are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions and your suggestions. So don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good morning. this is Say yes to Spirit and uh, my name is Tracy and I'm Leslie. And we are here to encourage you on your spiritual path. Now, the real truth is we are here to encourage ourselves to be on the spiritual path, but it just sounds like a really nice tagline to say that, you know, our our meaning and our purpose is to encourage you on your spiritual path. Really, we know that if we encourage ourselves and if we stay on track, that that will bubble over and seep out and... uh, hopefully affect everyone else we come into contact with, including you. Each other. So, um, say yes to spirit. Our theme for today is peace. And, you know, just begin thinking about how does saying yes to spirit help you find or maintain peace in your life? Or... Are there times when saying yes to spirit could get in the way of you having peace in your life? That's an interesting question that we might talk about um, at some point during the next 55 minutes. Uh, But before we jump into peace, let's uh, talk about last week, mm -hmm. connect the dots, back to beauty. So we talked about it uh, before we, we started talking about beauty, with each other just a minute ago, we were like, there was homework. And we were trying to remember, because I, I, I know I was talking about the difference when you really look for the beauty and, and acknowledge it in someone else and say, oh, you know, that's a great necklace or that's, a, you know, to make that connection to people, random strangers, and how that affects our day. And I do believe that was what I had talked about, making a difference. And, you know, I just do that very naturally. I can't help myself, actually. People have asked me to stop talking to random strangers. Actually, friends of mine are like, can you just stay with me when we're out and about and not talk to everyone we pass? But So I do that very naturally, and I do think if you connect the, you know, kind of connect the beauty of others, not just physical, but, you know, making that um, kind of energetic connection with people that we pass, it does remind us about the inner beauty and the connection the God we all are expressing as each other. Yes, yes. And I I love that you say that. It's so natural or automatic for you now to notice and comment and connect with people around something that either is physical or just their presence and the beauty of that. But my guess is that wasn't always the case in your life and that it became natural for you. It's natural for you now because at some point along the way, you made a conscious choice to make that a practice. Yes. And now it's such an automatic practice, you don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. And so much of what we talk about every week, when we talk about what spiritual practices support this concept, or what can you do, it feels awkward at first when you're first starting to do it. But, you know three months or three years or ten years later, you don't even remember that it was awkward at first. So I'm hearing your comment as a reminder to keep doing the things that feel awkward when I've yeah. consciously chosen them as a way of saying yes to spirit. Yes, and, and doing it repetitively. In fact it's not really about the topic, but I do have a devotion about the concept of how many times it takes to kind of create a routine or create a habit Mm -hmm. and how often we give up just right before. Right before it's about to kick in. Yeah, Yeah. so maybe we can start with that after the break and then talk about peace some. Okay, well, if you can find it in one minute or less, Mm -hmm. then we'll start with it after the break. So hang in with us. And we'll be back in about one minute to say yes to spirit. Seven, eight, five, zero, one, five, two, three. Welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit. I wonder why I always want to put a just in front of that, just say yes. But it's not. It's just, it's say. It's say yes. <laughs> I don't know why. The idea of just seems like just say like like just do it. Just say yes. Seems like it's that simple but Okay. In many ways it's harder. And you know, (laughs) it is harder and it it it, I don't want to use the word harder, but it does take a consistent practice. And I think many times, like we were saying before the break, we stop right before we get that payoff and then we turn around and say, Well, that didn't work. You know, I've tried and I tried and that didn't work and then we make the thing wrong or the idea wrong, and we walk away from something right before we get the prize of peace, perhaps could be our prize, whatever we're trying to to uh, get into our lives. Yes. Yeah. little Devotion is about persistence. Driving down a street not far from my house, I noticed a car pull over to the side and roll down their window. After a moment's exchange with a young man standing in the driveway of a house, the car drove up. Then the car right in front of me did the exact same thing. I watched this and wondered what the young man was doing. Finally, it was my turn to hear what the young man had to say. Do you have jumper tables? Yes. Yes, I do. Oh, my grandparents told me nobody would stop. Is this your grandparents' house? Yes, it is. They were certain nobody would stop. I said, well, good for you for trying anyway. And look, somebody stopped and had jumper tables. He said, yep, and you're only the 17th person I asked. As I heard his car turn over and saw the grin on his face, I realized many people live their lives like his grandparents, deciding nobody will stop to help so they don't even leave their house to ask. I would definitely have left the house and started to ask for help, but somewhere around a 13th person I would have most likely given up and gone back in the house. 12-step programs say the last 10 yards of any race is the hardest. In the most important times, people quit right before the moment they are about to find success. A favorite slogan in AA is keep on keeping on. It is in persistence victory comes. I have a hunch God is a persistent source of good always, with no exceptions. I have given up four people too soon on many things in my life, claiming it a failure. Now I imagined I was just two people away from getting my car started, And keep on keeping on. You know, that is uh, the idea of peace, too, because I think we can talk a lot about different practices today about how we can get peace, get it. It's like something out there, you know, kind of uh, embrace the peace that's already within us. But the idea of, of really staying consistent and persistent in our practice is an amazingly important part of the process. Yes, consistency and persistence, um, and so definitely we need to do a full show on being persistent. Or what do you do to keep going? It, it's right. more than just faith. It's actually you know action. So mm-hmm. what what do you do to be persistent? How do you keep going? Um, so we'll put that down for a future show. And I love, love that meditation. And for me, there actually is a link with peace because when you are so sure that you are moving in the right direction, you do have that sense of peace. You don't have that Mm. sense of desperation or hopelessness. It's really, you know, you're hopeful, But you're hopeful in, at least for me, when I'm hopeful, usually I'm hopeful in peace, not hopeful in anxiety. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, you know, I'm not worried. I'm just like, okay, well, this has to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, I've claimed this or I have affirmed this or I just, my intuition tells me this is the right direction to go and I'm very peaceful about it. And I just kind of like hang in there and, oh, you're the 15th person, Hmm okay, it's coming. You're the 16th person. Oh, it's coming. The 17th person, there you are, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, when I was thinking about the show and, you know, Say Yes to Spirit and what does saying yes to spirit have to do with peace, the first quote that came to mind for me was, and I've mentioned it on the show before, so you've heard it before, just no, it's that important to me that it comes up related to lots of things, and the quote is this one: "Drama is a choice, so is peace mm. and it's an Alan Cohen quote, and that has such power for me because it's short because it's easy to remember, but to remember that I can choose peace, I can choose to see the God in this situation. I can choose to see the good in this situation. I can choose how I'm going to respond or react to whatever is going on. And really I could choose to be a drama queen and, you know, make it all about me and make it, you know, the worst thing that's ever happened to me and the challenge that I don't know. how You know, I can choose that. Or I could choose to be like, "Hm, everything happens the way it's supposed to, and I know that God's got this, and what's mine to do," and just kind of breathe or meditate or you know use some of the spiritual practices that we're going to talk about in the during the show later today. Um, but I can choose that drama is a choice, so is peace. I'm just thinking back of all the times in my life that I've chosen drama. <laughs> <laughs> just seemed much more interesting and exciting than peace. And I do wonder about that when I I make a different choice because I absolutely 100% believe that every moment I am in choice. And, you know, it's really difficult to remind myself of that when I'm experiencing anxiety or being a victim or feeling um, like, you know, this is never going to work out, to be able to kind of step back and say that's a choice versus... I could come up with a whole list of reasons why it's not a choice. Look what's happening to me. Look what's yeah. happening to me. Look at the outside. What's occurring? You know, are you blind? Can't you see what I see? And so um, it's a very interesting thing to sit back and watch. And I've talked with people that, you know, are real-time crisis. And certainly I can reflect on times where my anxiety, there was, you know, some fairly aggressive things happening in my life that you that – if you just look at it in a, a kind of like a flat screen, you think there's just really no choice going on here. It's just bad. <laughs> it's just bad. And um, But when you really take a breath, and I think what you said about breathing, that's a huge practice for me. Um, that can shift something and, and bring a dimension and make things uh, have that 3 3D effect versus that flat screen of this is just all bad, and so to bring that idea that, that I have choice, and boy, I've said that to some people and, and gotten a pretty strong reaction. Hell no, I don't have a choice, and I've certainly felt that rise within me when I try to have that little voice say, this is a choice. The, uh, the other <laughs> big voice, are you crazy? Well, What's choice? choice? So it really is that sometimes you have to kind of, you know, step into the battle, so to speak, of reminding and um, and being aware that peace is always an option, regardless of what's happening on the outside. Well, and I mean, you've seen me when I wasn't in peace and I was reacting to crisis, and it happens. <laughs> human. Yeah, that's the part of the human experience. And uh, the human experiences stacking up one on top of another, where all of a sudden it seems in a very short period of time, all the things you didn't imagine would happen, or all the things that you thought you released because they were fear based, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you do that work, but then it's still there, it still occurs, and that's the point when, you know, I, what I can say for sure is for me, it doesn't happen nearly as often as it used to happen. Progress, right. Right. So I can see so much progress. And, you know, looking, you know, at very young adulthood versus, you know, what I hope to be mature adulthood, you know, you can I can see a real difference in my own life as well as looking at other people. Um, you know, but it, it doesn't mean that, you never have drama, and it doesn't mean that. Well, actually, it could mean that. It never. It yes. doesn't mean that you never have problems, right? things or happen. challenges, right? Things happen right. in your life all the time. In my life, all the time. But if I can, like, take a half step to the right, you know, and say, "Wait a minute, I have a choice here," right. then I can say, "Okay." This could escalate into A, B, C, and D, and that's not what I want. I really want to be calm. I really want to, want to handle this in a prayerful way or in a spiritual way or ask the question, what would love do? What would God do? You know, and, and then all of a sudden my choices are really different. My actions become really different. Mm-hmm. And you said an important thing about um, things building up that can affect your peace in the present day and I'm such a big believer of taking care of every little kind of thing that comes up you know whether it be with a friendship or a relationship or within my mind to really keep my side of the street clean because that trash can just start piling up and then one day it's like somebody leaves it Cap off the toothpaste, and I'm like, "Oh, this is it! I want a divorce." You know, I mean, because <laughs> if you don't take care of your inner peace, if I don't take care of my inner peace, every minute of every day, if I if, if I lose sight of that, then I can I can be so far away from that. I have a friend that talks about um, how do you boil um, a frog in water? You know, you put it just in a pan of water, cool water, on the oven, on the stove alive and then you just turn the water on and let it heat up and the frog will just sit there because it kind of gets used to the heating as it occurs and then suddenly it's boiling and it didn't even understand that the water is getting hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter and then you're boiling. So I really think that's a metaphor for taking care of at the first sign of something heating up for me. I've got to address it and get back in peace then or peace gets so far gone so quickly. Yeah. There's a Buddhist um, saying that says, peace comes from within, do not seek it without, mm. you know. And it is, it's that taking care of the peace mm-hmm. within you mm-hmm. because it can't happen from anything outside of you, really. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's huge. And I've spent so many years looking for other people to be my peace. And that is just never... Say so how is that working for you? <laughs> yeah, it's just not possible. It's just not possible. But it certainly is elusive. It certainly seems nice. You know, it seems like okay if I can just get this person to give me what I need, then I'll be okay. So interesting. Mm. In the peace, uh, peace that passes all understanding. that yes, from the Bible. That really um, has always spoken to me. I. Um, that's my desire is to have that inner peace that stays with me regardless of the circumstance and I have always kind of used that um, as a mantra and a desire and I wondered about a month ago as things in my life seemed to kind of becoming more and more dramatic external situations I thought oh my goodness I wonder if my desire, so much of my desire to have this peace that passes all understanding in a sort of strange way, I've had to create situations that really you would not normally have peace to be able to show that I have this peace that passes all understanding. And so I was like, okay, maybe I think I need to learn this lesson really quickly. They say don't pray for, pra- uh, for patience or something, you know, because right. you to get things that exactly. have to practice patience. So, you know, I've got some things in my life now to really practice having this peace that defies understanding because, you know, situations in the outside, you wouldn't think one could be peaceful. But, man, you know, how to really embody that, how to really be present in that and not just have it kind of be a a fake peace that I say I'm at peace and then I turn around and I snap at my neighbor. Or, you know, I, I say I'm at peace and then I turn around and resent the heck out of people that haven't, you know, done for me what I think they should have done for me. So how to really have that deep inner peace of, like you said, 15th car, that's okay. I got more cars down the street coming. That's right. It's not the last car in the world of coming down this street. Yeah. And that and then just think, as soon as you really look in the mirror and go, Wow, I really do have peace that pass this all understanding Wow, that is who I am. Then all of these challenging situations can go away because now you know it for sure. You know, I believe be that actually. It's not striving uh-huh. for it anymore. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It is who I am. Yes. And so apparently I'm not there yet. I'm not, I am not, I am, I have not fully embraced that yet because, you know, saying, I do believe that as soon as I fully embrace that, then life circumstances will. We will just kind of line up, and I've certainly experienced that before. And I, you know, we call that magic, but we call that something really miracle, miracle. But Ultimately, life itself is a miracle. Right. I really believe that. And once I get in line with it, you know, miracles become a daily event. And that piece that passes all understanding will be just present. And like you say, it won't be something I like it. Like I now, I just talk to everybody and do that thing. You know, six months from now, a year from now, it, it will just be part of my being. Yes, it won't be a surprise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when when um when I think about the question, so how does saying yes to spirit allow me to have more peace in my mm-hmm. life? Um I do. Um, of course, go back to spiritual practices that we are always going back to um that really by having the pattern of saying yes to spirit and encouraging spirit to grow and to to live through me, um, keep me at peace. And so we already talked a little bit about breathing, Mm -hmm. you know, taking a breath, being aware of my breathing, uh, but just taking a breath, because often when we're not in peace, we're breathing really shallow or really fast, or we're talking really fast, and we're, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and we're not even aware of it, Mm -hmm. and if you just take three deep breaths, it just slows your whole system down, your brain down, so that you can think and choose. Yes, yes. And when that doesn't work for me, then I, you know, take a more focused approach of breath and breathing by really saying, okay, 15-minute meditation. You know, I don't have to meditate an hour. I don't have to, you know, I might feel like I need to meditate for three hours (laughs) to find peace. But, you know, just to say, okay, 15 minutes, shut out the world you know, the outer world, go to the inner world and meditate, or 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. But some, you know, relatively short period of time depending on what's going on. Um, Prayer, of course, either praying for yourself or asking someone else to pray for you. Mm -hmm. And then in our spiritual tradition, you know, a treatment, an actual mind treatment or spiritual treatment um, using that form of affirmative prayer can be really helpful. Um, But two things that are related also came to mind to me that I'm beginning to think of as a spiritual practice, and I have never, ever put these on a spiritual practice list before recently, and that's asking for help Ah. and receiving help. Ah, huge. And I never really thought about that until the last year or so as a spiritual practice. That one of one of my um, prayer partners uh, in a class we were in together made a comment about emphasizing to her children that God shows up through people. Yes, yes. And from that day, even though I already I you know totally agreed with that, it made sense, and it was like oh that's a great way to phrase it for children. And then I was thinking about it, and it's like. <laughs> That's a great way for me to pray for me. Right. It's like, oh, yeah. So if I need something, uh-huh. or if I'm experiencing a challenge, then, you know, I can pray to God, whether I'm thinking, whether I'm a part of a practice that thinks of God as an external being up in the sky granting wishes, uh-huh. or whether I'm a. You know, part of a, of a spiritual tradition that says when you are talking to God, you're really talking to the deepest, most inner, most part of who you really are uh-huh. as creation, as a creation of God. You know, either way, it's like if I'm praying to God, mm-hmm. God is this energy. It's not physical form. So for whatever I need to show up in physical form, I've got to buy it from someone, I've got to borrow it from someone, or I've got to accept it from someone, meaning somebody else has to deliver it. They've got to sell it to me, they've got to offer it to me, right. they've got to tell me, they've got to hug me, they've got to, you know, bless me. They've they've got some other person, human being, has to do something. So. I need to get more comfortable. I mean, this was the conversation mm-hmm. I was having with myself. I need to get even more comfortable with asking for help as a spiritual practice. Right. And then when people offer me things right, or ideas or anything to really consider, wow, how would I hear that if I heard it as God speaking yeah. to me? Or God offering me the solution? You know, it's it's an interesting thing. I think I have really, um, you know, I have a lot of little voices in my head anyway. But uh, I certainly have practiced over time trying to discern all the little different voices going on in my head. And which one is God's voice? You know, which one is that little gentle nudge? and, And gaining some sort of conversation and asking for help. And then exactly as you said, if I set out in the morning, if I set out something for the day that I need help with, it'll—I swear to God—it'll either co- if I make that conscious plant that seed of I need this help, it'll either come to me my you know in my shower, maybe it'll come to me in my own mind, or it'll come to me in a radio song, or a friend will randomly call and have some sort of something, or I, you know it is amazing as you said. If I'm on the lookout of how how the answer is going to come to what I need if I ask for it, it's a powerful thing to, to ask for. And ask exactly as you want. I, I don't know where I heard this story, but you know, if you if you want a bike, if you want a red bike with white wheels and a purple handle, don't just ask for a bike. You know, ask for a red bike with white wheels and a purple handle. Because you know, be very specific in what is what is asked for. Absolutely and is visioning i know that's one of the practices at uh science of the mind is that a process of asking or you know vision boards looking at being very specific in um what what the desire is or what the um, need is vision boards yes visioning kind of Vision boards being specific about having pictures that trigger the feeling that you want or, or a picture, or have pictures of the exact thing you want um, so that it becomes physical and tangible. Visioning is a little bit different in that you don't go in with a specific except, you know, what's the best and highest good for, you know, this, for, for, for my life or for this project. Oh, right. Okay. And, and then, you know, you get some answers from that, but it's not as, it's not specific in the way that we're talking, yeah. in the way that you just referred to being specific. But a vision board would be because you're creating a, a poster or you could do vision boarding in a scrapbook or a notebook that you could carry around with you that have the very specific images of either the exact thing you want uh-huh. or things that generate the feeling when you look at them. So you want a new home. You may not have a picture of the exact home, but you'll have pictures of homes you like right. because when you see them you go, oh, yes, and you start thinking of things you like about that style of home or that you know, kind of kitchen or you know that right. kind of stuff. And I'm wondering how would you would I put a picture or put a feeling to the word peace because again I think it's very difficult to attain something if if I'm not clear on what it is and that's well, one of those words we just throw out peace oh I want peace if 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 we were doing if we decided this afternoon we were going to spend 3 hours 2 hours or 3 hours doing vision boards to have more peace in our lives hmm in our lives, then what we would do is we would go through magazines or newspapers or get out markers and just draw things that remind us of peace. Mm. Because what reminds me of peace might be very different. Right, that's what what I'm thinking. What makes you think of peace. So, you know, for some people, let's say we were doing, you know, poster-sized vision boards. You know, they might have, some people might have pictures of the ocean Or, you know, looking out over a vista with, you know, mountains out in the distance and, you know, just kind of nature Nature, stuff. Nature, right. Because that is what, when they see the picture, they think of as, oh, that's so peaceful. Uh And, you know, somebody else might have pictures of, you know, something that would look completely different, a cave or a city skyscraper, you know, because right. when they see the, the majesty of, of that height in the middle of a city, you know, or they maybe they think of living on the penthouse floor of a high rise building and being that gives them peace. So it would be individual right but it would be images that when you see them make you feel peaceful or make you think of, oh that's so peaceful and is that still though is that peace still with stuff that I'm looking out to versus what that peace within? You know what I'm saying? It's a it's an interesting thing because well the visual uh-huh. the visual stimulates the internal feeling. Okay. If you're talking about a vision board, I mean okay. the visual. It's not that you're ascribing to that scenario, but you're ascribing to the feeling that it generates. If you're doing a vision board on conceptual stuff, you know. So so you're looking at the beach and you're feeling at peace, so when you see the picture... You feel peaceful, you feel peaceful. and you attract more peace into your life. Because I wonder if I put like a picture of a clean car or, you know, a, a, a clean, you know, different things in my... Daily environment that caused me unrest. Um, no. no, 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 no. I mean the opposite. If I look at things no. that cause me unrest, and no, I put because the opposite. you're going to look at the car and go, "Yeah, my car isn't." And so, maybe well, I put a picture of a clean car. If... Okay, I can't say no because it is so individual. Yeah. But. Law of attraction doesn't work in opposites. Law of attraction works in the absolute of what you want. So I put a picture of it. That's what I'm saying. I put a picture of a clean car because I know in my head that a dirty car brings up unrest. So then I could put a picture of a really clean, shiny, crush, right? Yes, because you're putting it there, and you know when you're putting it on there that this clean car makes me feel peace. But if you put the the clean car on there, and the clean car makes me remember my car isn't clean, oh, then that would have the. Then you're just putting yourself. That's why I was saying no, because you're just putting yourself back in, and you know you're not trying to do the logical, linear debate A to B. If A, then B. You're with vision boarding or with your spiritual practice. You are standing firmly in the truth of God. You're standing firmly in the absolute, in the quality of God. And so you're not trying to, I mean, you are in effect replacing what is with what is generated by what you're looking at. But you're not trying to create a conscious comparison. So if a clean car doesn't naturally bring a feeling of peace to me, I wouldn't put that on a peace board. Right? I see what you're saying. Okay. It's oh, like, okay. what brings you peace? And then the more peace you feel internally, you're going to eliminate anything in your life that doesn't give you that feeling of peace. Oh, see. So, okay. so if I'm feeling peaceful because I have this picture of the ocean on my vision board, then I'm naturally going to go out one afternoon in 103 heat and clean out my car. Exactly. Which is because, going to happen because I'm right. feeling at peace. Exactly. Because okay. any place in your there life you where that feeling doesn't exist, yeah. that's generated every time you see that board... Your, you know, it can't exist in the same space, and so at some point it has to go. That's interesting because I guess I would have thought that I put that vision board, you know, I put that picture of, you know, the, the, uh, the, the convertible Porsche. And if I just look at that convertible Porsche and I think, oh, you know, I have blah blah blah, I don't have a convertible. That if that convertible Porsche brings up that feeling of lack. Take hey, that off that vision board. Okay, I'm with you now. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So uh, let's take a short little break and then come back and have another devotion and talk a little bit uh, more about spiritual practices that help us say yes to peace. For listening, you're welcome. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit. You're welcome. And you are welcome. And we're so glad you're with us. Oh, geez. Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path, the joys of live Internet Talk Radio. (laughs) And my name is Tracy, and Leslie is with us. And we're talking today about peace, peace, and how saying yes to Spirit allows you to have more peace in your life. Do we have another devotion? We do, and it hooks back to what you talked about at the beginning, which is the concept of choice, and uh, if there's any one thing that can change a life, um, working with kids in adolescent psychiatric programs, it was always fascinating to watch them, you know, blame mom and dad, and it was interesting to watch mom and dad try to control, and it was a magical moment when that, child understood that they had the choice to choose what happened to them, and it was a process of helping the, the parents understand as long as they kept control away from the child that they didn't really have that that choice, and, um, and we all have choice whether we feel like we're in control of the situation that's happening to us or not. So this one is called conscious choice, like that, conscious choice, because it's happening whether I'm conscious or not of it. So conscious choice. When I was 13, a psychiatrist told me I was certain to always have a very high anxiety rate. Today, I felt the familiar angst of anxiety. I closed my eyes and started to breathe. I have learned breath can return peace to me. As I focused on my breath, I searched my body for the essence of the anxiety. I sensed it in little pockets throughout my body. I focused on each pocket, making a conscious choice to let the energy within the anxiety flow out of my body. I told myself I had a choice to hold on to the anxiety or let it go. I told myself this over and over and over. Before long, I felt peace. I have a hunch God reminds me of my conscious choice through difficult times. My anxiety itself gives me the opportunity to experience God by making a conscious choice to let the anxiety flow out of me and the sense of God, the sense of peace, flow into me. Today, anxiety is not a certainty at all. Great. Conscious choice, to make a conscious choice. And when we make that conscious choice, yeah, it brings us peace because we are claiming what we are willing to no no except believe in that particular situation or we're claiming and choosing what we want to do next right right and really that is a good thing because at any moment we can choose something different for the next moment yes yes and sometimes i get so lost in in my unrest and peace is so far from me i think i can't get back that peace it's like something really too far out of my reach, but then if I just stop and realize I can just choose something different that next moment and kind of talk myself off that ledge, so to speak. And, you know, one of the things that I really like in the uh, Abraham Hicks Law of Attraction approach is the, you know, multiple stages like the ladder of emotional, uh, you know, response. And so... The other thing that helps me with conscious choice is like you were describing, I'm in a situation where it seems like, okay, peace is so far away I'll never have it again. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know when I lost it along the way. <laughs> when but, the water started boiling. But right. But it's like, oh my um, and to remember that, oh, I don't maybe have to get to peace. I need to take a step toward peace. Yes. Good One point. step toward. So from despair, you know, I may not go to full peace or even full hope, but from despair I could just move up a little bit to confused or to angry. Right, right, right. You know, from despair to I'm angry about this, but all hope is not lost. You know, from anger, okay, well, if I weren't angry, what would be the next Thing, well, I'd be confused about why things are playing out the way that they are playing. So, you know, my next step is just to, like, get past the anger and get to just some curiosity, which, okay, I'm confused. I had a sponsor once when I would talk about all the activity going on in my mind, and I just couldn't stop it. And she's mm-hmm. like, take a nap. You know, just stop. You know, you can stop literally it. just take that nap to, to to absolutely go to a movie do something that just disconnects the spiral downward. Sometimes that is just enough, you know, just don't make it any worse than it already is kind of thing, you know. Maybe I can't make it any better in this moment, but just don't make it any worse. Well, I laughed at taking that, you know, I think my natural reflex, my natural healing solution, Uh uh-huh, has been most of my life to take, take a nap, nap. <laughs> without really realizing what I was doing right. was saying I can stop the craziness of the world mm-hmm. because I didn't always consciously realize that that's what I was doing. Yes. You know, I would just feel tired or I would know I would feel refreshed after a nap. Right. And it wouldn't be the, you know, it wouldn't be depressed right of you know i can't function in the world or i have to you know take a nap that lasts eight hours <laughs> you know i really would i could just lay down for 30 minutes or 45 minutes and you know take a nap and when i would wake up i'd have kind of a fresh or renewed approach mm-hmm. or hope or something um so yeah i never really thought about that but that works and then when you say like set a movie I'm like huh that's interesting because I have never liked, like, silly movies. Oh, uh-huh. You know, or movies that don't it have some redeeming value. Oh, how cute. Yeah, you know, or some story, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. or violence just for violence. No, I'm not going, you know, so the escapism part of movies just kind of never connected with not a, me. Not a big Hangover fan. Did you see the Hangover? No, I didn't. That's, that's a perfect example of a movie that just takes your mind, makes you laugh. And see, I would, even with the title, I would be like, <laughs> I don't want to know what it's about. It's I don't funny. care. I will not ever that's see it. Funny. But I will say in the last ten years, maybe, of my life, I have really understood the concept for the first time of, True escapism. Yes. That a movie, it would, it's a change. You go step into another world. Right. And every now and then there will be a time where I'm like, I just need to go see a movie that has no storyline, that I do not have to think, that is just silly or stupid. And the whole time I'm there, I'm going, this is so silly. Oh. This is so stupid. You don't really ever get into it? You don't let your mind go? No, but I forget about all the whatever. going on. Oh, that's so because I mean, you're focused on this is so stupid. Like, okay. What am I doing oh, here? I can't believe I spent money hysterical. at this movie. And then by the time it's over, it's like, that was really silly. And that's exactly what I needed, even yeah. though I didn't enjoy it. How funny. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't get into it. But I understand at a different level why people do. Uh-huh. I think we should make a spiritual practice: movies and naps. I think that could be an interesting. (laughs) We're putting it on the spiritual practice Practice list. list. That's right. That's right. And again, talk about repetition. You know, that's another thing to repeat. Talk about repetition. Um, You know, I've done a lot of uh, work in my life, mental health work and spiritual work, and it's like. I keep coming to the same things over and over and over again to do, but each time I do them when I'm in a different place, I do them differently. Give me an example. Well, when I started meditating or when I started trying to have some sort of prayer time every day, probably I called it prayer years and years and years ago, um, you know, it was just a matter to just settle my body you know, so that my body wasn't fidgeting or my body wasn't moving. And, you know, wasn't even beginning to try to calm my mind. But having that practice where I just sat in that chair in that particular part of my house for five minutes every day just literally to settle my body down. And so now, 20 years later, I'm sitting in that same chair doing that same thing, but now I'm settling my mind down or now I'm taking, you know, um, a more peaceful experience from the inside, becoming connected to the oneness. You know, the activity is exactly the same, but the, the the outcome may even on some level be the same, but it's a deeper same. Does that make sense? Yes, kind of. Kind of. That's very good for me to kind of make sense. I think that's progress. No, it so makes a lot of sense. Yes. It makes a lot of sense. And the idea that a behavior can look the same... But it can be generating a different result, yes, and I think that happens with lots of things as we grow up, yes. that we do or say the same thing but it has a much deeper meaning deeper level. than it did when we were sixteen or twenty six mm-hmm. you know, because we have more life experience, and we're living at right. a different, hopefully deeper level. Mm-hmm. So that that's what that's the part that makes total total sense for me and there is never you know there, there is just such a part of um, I don't know what the right word for it is but it's it's, it's reassuring it's nurturing it's um, you know to to have these rituals these healthy somebody one time told me it's kind of like you're putting little you know coins into a bank every time you have a spiritual practice or do a breathing exercise on the highway instead of honking the horn, which is one of my favorite spiritual practices, really. Instead of yeah, honking the horn and feeling the need to pull out in front of them and slam all my brakes just to help them understand what they did to me, you know, to sit there and do the spiritual practice of breathing and, you know, self-talking myself uh, away from that uh, road rage, you know, each time I do that, I'm putting a little coin in the bank and then when something really dramatic in my life happens and I lose my job or I lose my uh lover or I lose my house or I lose my, you know, some physical health, then it's like I've got a million dollars in the bank that I can withdraw at that moment and say, Okay, I'm at peace. I you know, I have a, a spiritual connection, I am aware of my oneness. Um, this is an expression of God being played out. And and people then sit back and wonder how did that person have that level of peace in that moment? Well, it's because of the little nickels and dimes and quarters. You know, how does anybody have a million dollars to pull out of the bank? Well, they put in nickels and dimes and quarters. They didn't put a million dollars in one dime. You know, so that's a great a great way to frame that and for us to remember that our daily practice does make a difference. Yes. And I and I agree with it totally. You know, peace is one of my touchstones or one of my driving values. And usually when I say that to people, I have to explain I'm not talking about peace, world peace versus war. I'm really talking about that inner sense of peace. That the experience I have in the world is not bigger than my inner world, my inner sense of peace with spirit and God. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, another quote that I use a lot for myself is when I'm in a challenging situation, what is, no, what in this situation is worth losing my peace with God? Yes. And, you know, the answer has whenever I remember to ask myself that question, the answer is there is nothing in this situation or in this relationship with this person or, you know, in whatever's happening, there is nothing that's worth losing my peace with God. The the key is to remember to ask myself that question as I'm getting stirred up about something. I actually emailed a um, woman in my prayer group last week that I had such a an anxious night the night before, but my biggest disappointment wasn't the anxiety it was that i you know wasn't the situation that caused the anxiety it was that I let the anxiety win you know at at this point in my life that really is my you know when i when the dust clears, I can easily let go of whatever was so much out of control i can I can pretty quickly re- let that go. But what I have a difficult time letting go is my reaction to it, and, and, and seeing, you know, that I have not finished my path. Apparently, I, you know, the heart is still beating. Right, my journey is not over. So, you know, that that that, that I'm still so easily sucked into that vortex of, you know, it's not this. It's not ever going to get better. You know, my my uh, my desire to be free of that. Well, and those those uh, messages that have been in our minds and in our, you know, subconscious from childhood, from whatever happened when you were three years old or eight years old, but you didn't have all the adult information to process it. Mm -hmm. So it's like all that stuff is there even though we have new information so, I, you know, it comes up at the most inopportune times. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, that would be an interesting thing to do, to sit back and think about how was peace translated in, in my uh, home growing up. Did we talk about peace? Was it, you know, I'm trying to think right now, and I don't know that that word ever was used. You know, how did I see my parents experiencing peace? Not much, you know. Um, that might be an interesting thing to go back and give some thought to what were the messages that we learned you know, mm-hmm. growing up about peace and the possibility of peace. I mean, I think a lot of times people get the message of, oh, no, that's not even, you know, I certainly know some people in my life in real time that they don't even consider that an, op- an option. You know yeah. that drama is the way of that, life. Yeah. Drama is right. Is what life is all about. And I know uh, when you have said that, I, I immediately was thinking, yeah, not in my house, but I got the message about peace in from my home, from my family, but in church. Ah. So you know, we and we went to church every Sunday, and we were involved in you know the church youth groups and mm-hmm. the brownies at church and the. Girl Scouts at church in the... I mean, there was a lot in my life that was, that was wrapped around church. Mm-hmm. And it was go to go to church and to experience peace, go to God to experience mm-hmm. peace. You know, go... Um, you can have peace when you, um, you know, when you confess your sins, you know, because Jesus has died for you right. in order to have peace. Uh-huh. And so... All of my messages about peace really were related and connected to the church. So it's really interesting now oh. that this whole inner peace part of me, which has been with me for as far back as I can remember, um, you know, it's it's no surprise, I guess, that there's a spiritual connection for me with inner peace because the human it's life, uh-huh. growing up, and you know, the human life, the uh-huh. human messages were about struggle uh-huh. and about always working both of my between my parents there were always at least three jobs if not four that one of them was always working two jobs and you know both of them always had one job and, and one of them always had a second job so there were always three jobs you had to work hard you had to struggle to make ends meet you had to strive to do more and be better you know right. and all of these things that didn't feel peaceful, uh-huh. but all of that would just melt away, be, you no, know, in going Sunday. to church. Oh, that's right, interesting. Sunday or Wednesday uh-huh. or Tuesday meeting or youth group or whatever, that that was where you found peace. And it was still external. Mm-hmm. You were asking God to bless you with, with peace. You were, you know, worshiping Jesus so that peace could be given to you. Uh-huh. There was an exchange. Uh-huh. It wasn't really in there, sure. yeah. right? But that was that beginning, that foundation of peace. And we would agree that what we're saying is that that peace really is within us, right? Because I do think there's a huge trip that people get that you know there's something outside that I have to earn the peace or something, someone that's going to give me peace. But really, it is within us at any given moment. Are we in agreement with that? Um, I'm in agreement that that is how I live my life now. But in the context that all paths lead to God, uh-huh. I, I can also see that growing up and for my parents, their experience of peace within came from a connection that, in what I do with Jesus and when what I do with God is what gives me that. And it, it was the same. Piece. And it worked. So I'm not. So I'm not you know, standing on the side that that's wrong and that uh, to believe in a God outside of yourself is wrong because for some people it's right. Right. It works for them to create the spiritual foundation. Yes. And for me, yes, I would agree that I, I am very clear that for me, God and creation and all of that, that I have that. Yes. I have that, I am that. And when I'm praying to God, that spirit, that energy exists everywhere, right. everywhere, including within me. within me. If that's a key thing, if it works, I think that is so true. I do believe that as well. You know, whatever is working is working. Whatever the belief is, as long as it's working and there's not a setup for feeling as if, um, again, that I have to, uh, you know, stay in anxiety or stay in pain until something from the outside comes in and <laughs> heals me. But it's an interesting thing, peace. I do I do, I appreciate the topic. And I think peace is um, a word, again, that we throw out a lot and we don't really stop and really define. And that's, I think, another thing to think about in saying yes to spirit is to you know, defining what that looks like. And you said at the top of the hour, and we didn't really talk much about it, but sometimes saying yes to spirit might seem to cause unrest. And I think sometimes our lives um, have to get jolted many times. Um, saying yes to spirit seems contrary to common sense. And uh, and many times that's the thing that brings us the long-term peace that uh, certainly... Um, is the everlasting kind of thing, the the peace that passes understanding. Yes. So, we could talk about peace another 30 minutes, but we only have two. So, uh, we're going to close our conversation about peace and saying yes to spirit for today and start thinking about uh, tomorrow's meditation. Meditation. Tomorrow night. night. Yes, and uh, then next week, when we one of the reasons we often don't feel peace is because we feel like we have been a failure. Ah. And so or we feel like we're failing at whatever we're trying to do. And so our theme next week for Say Yes to Spirit will be failure. And how does saying yes to spirit help you deal with failure? So in some ways we'll get to keep talking about Hi. how do we move toward peace mm-hmm. when circumstances in our lives don't seem very peaceful. Perceived failure. So um, that's where we're headed. And please join us at uh, GodInMyDay.com for daily inspiration or if you want more of Leslie's devotions, you can subscribe and get one every day sent directly to your email inbox. Have a great, great week and don't forget to say yes to Spirit.